Hi, and welcome to the Good Dog Happy Baby Podcast, where we will help you prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. My name is Mike Wambacher, and I'm a professional dog trainer here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been training dogs here professionally for the last 22 years. I'm also the author of the best-selling book, Good Dog Happy Baby, an in-depth manual on how to prepare your dog for the arrival of your child. I'm joined here by my co-host and friend, Morgan Dix, who's going to help me sort through a lot of the issues you'll be facing in this exciting phase of your life. He's going to interview me, and we're going to lay out a lot of information for you to help you enable your dog to make this transition into siblinghood smooth and easy and free of hiccups. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. Welcome to the show. Let's jump right in. Great. The question for this week, I have a bully breed and have been told that they are never going to be safe with children. Is that actually true? And should I get rid of my dog? Can, can you answer these questions also? Can you, can you define for me and everybody else what, what, what a bully breed is? Yeah. So, uh, okay, so I have a multi-layered answer to that. So a bully breed is kind of pit bull types is what people mean. You know, English bulldogs, American bulldogs, pit bulls, boxers, um, any of the, you know, any mix of American, you know, Amstaffs, any kind of pit bully type looking thing, bully breed. Got it. So I, I would say, well, first of all, you know, if anybody's out there thinking, wow, I have a bully breed, I need to get rid of it. That's crazy. You don't need to get rid of your bully breed necessarily uh, just because, just by virtue of its breed, for starters. And, you know, I mean, that said, I mean, every year there's, yeah. every, every year we hear about one or two horrible cases where somebody's pit bull grabbed the baby out of the, uh, you know, stroller or whatever and killed it. But the thing is, as horrible as those incidents are, they're so rare when you compare them to the number of bully breed dogs that are actually in households across the country, which I mean, I don't know what the number is, but it's got to be hundreds of thousands, you know, tens yeah. of thousands for sure to point to one or two incidents like that, even though statistically, when you look at children killed by dogs, you know, there's a predominance of Rottweilers and pit bulls, but still the actual numbers are so low that in the context of how many of these guys there are out there, it's not enough to just like, sort of, you know, to slam the whole breed and say, uh, uh, oh, you know, these dogs will never be safe around children. So, so that's the first yeah. thing. So I, you know, I know lots of people that have, uh, one of my very good friends who I've known for a year, almost since I started training, she's always been a pit bull rescue. She's got three great kids that are adults now, and she's always had two or three pities around the house. And there's never been, yeah. you know, never, never an issue. She's a great trainer. She knows what she's doing. She's careful and there's never an issue. So I, you know, that's gotta be said for starters. That said, and this is in my book too. I never trust any dog with a kid alone unless the kid is 10 or older and has an established good relationship with the dog. So, yeah. you know, this idea that you can just leave your <clears throat> child like, you know, lying there on its little play mat unattended with the, with the dog while, you know, you're running and doing the dishes real quick or changing out the laundry or something. Uh, that's, you know, that's a huge no, no. And, but that's not a breed specific thing. That's any dog. I don't care if it's a Cocker Spaniel or a Havanese or a Vishla. Uh, you don't leave children unattended with dogs, period. Not children yeah. under 10, anyway, period. The end. No qualifiers. Uh, you know, now it doesn't mean that bully breeds are just like, you know, sometimes people say, uh, you know, in some of the pit rescue programs and stuff like that, they're kind of almost pit apologists and say, well, they're just like any other dog if you raise them right. I mean, that's also not true. They're not like any other dogs. They have a you know, uh, high aggression potential towards other dogs in particular. 
and they're just more powerful. And once they get turned on into an aggressive mode, it's extremely difficult to turn them off. So they're not like mm-hmm. any other dogs, but they're also not necessarily throwaways when it comes to children by any means. You know, not at all. I'm not. I'm not a, a proponent of you know, like in a lot of states, there's always debate about breed-specific legislation. In other words, you know, should a certain breed be outlawed by just by virtue of its breed, and then you know, fill in the blank: Rottweilers, Dobermans, yeah. Pitbulls, yeah. because there's been horrible incidents. So I'm I'm definitely not for that. You know, it's it's sort of the uh, canine equivalent of racial profiling. <laughs> you know. God. Oh uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe that's overstating it a little bit, but not that much. You know, obviously, if you have one of these high drive, high intensity, super powerful dogs, you always have to take all kinds of precautions around mm. all sorts of things. But it's not a disqualifier from having it with a child. And, you know, I do yeah. get that from clients of mine sometimes where, you know, she's 25, she's, her and her boyfriend have this pet who's three or four years old. She's pregnant and the whole family is getting on her case to get rid of the dog just because it's a pet. And, um, ah, yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of, stuff. it hasn't been, it hasn't been problematic up until this point, the dog. Yeah. If, yeah. If the dog has been yeah. problematic, then, um, then obviously that's something to consider, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I, I had a very dramatic case a few years ago of a, of a pity that was incredibly vicious towards people. And, you know, we tried a bunch of different things and the dog was, the dog was just crazy. There was no saving this dog. The dog you know, would come up, roll in, roll on its belly, you know, solicit belly rubs from you, and then in the middle of the belly rub, just try to rip your face off without any warning. And for no particular really? reason. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and I told these, these and this, was, this was a young couple, 29 years old, I said, uh, you know, I asked them, are you guys planning on having kids? Because uh, there's just no way this particular dog could ever live around a child, you know. But that's an extreme case, and the extreme cases don't make the average, right? Yeah. So, got it. So you, one of the things you're saying is like, okay, boy breeds. Well, like there's an overarching context, which is you never leave your child alone with your dog if they're under ten years old, and then as long as they're they have a solid relationship, even if they are over ten years old, and that's just something you never do. So that's like point blank, irrespective of breed. So right there, Correct. it yeah. it. It, it covers like a huge amount of the concerns that you'd a lot of parents are going to have like point blank. It just deals with them out of hand. And then, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and it's, sorry. It's one of the things, you know, when I consult with people, when they're you know preparing their dog for the arrival of a child, it's one of the things I really try to impress on them is you have to establish your, the, the layout of your house and your routine such that it makes it possible for you to put the dog away quickly when you can't supervise both of them together, even for a second, even for a second. Yeah. You know, and I know it's tough for mom, you know, dad, but, you know, still largely it's moms at home taking care of the baby. It's really hard managing all that, but that's just, if you want to keep the dog, to me, that's a massive prerequisite. You have to do it. I mean, yeah. look, I'll tell you, this happened here in the Bay Area about eight months ago. Um, out in Orinda, really nice little suburb. It wasn't a bully breed or anything, it was some kind of shepherd mix. A mom had two kids, one was like seven or eight, the other one is like two. And she left the two kids in the room with the dog while she went to go and just do a load of laundry, just you know, real quick, three or four minutes. She, you know, she heard screaming from the room, runs back in, the shepherd's got the uh, two year old in its mouth, won't let it go, big drama. Uh, had to call the police. They shot the dog. You know, the kid made it, but you know, it was an emergency room. She left for like two minutes. 
we have no idea what happened. Probably what happened is the kid tripped and fell on the dog, and the dog, for some reason, reacted like that. I mean, you never completely yeah. know the backstory. But it's just two, yeah. two minutes to do something ordinary. Then it's always the same story. Oh, the dog was always fine, never had a problem. Uh, you know, so that's why I just, uh, that wouldn't have happened if she would have just taken the dog with it. Right. So, yeah, you you have that as like a ground zero. You just never cross that line. Correct. Yeah, that's, you know, in a perfect world. And you want to try, you know, when it comes to the safety of your kid, you want to create as close to a perfect world as you can. So you obviously then, in terms of the second part of that question, should I get rid of my dog? No. In the in the context you're talking about, obviously, yeah, no. No, of course not. No, that's great. I mean, you know, some people probably would say yes, but I would sort of emphatically say no. You got to look at the whole dog in the whole context, and then not depending on the breed, but depending on the specifics, then you may or may not have to. You know, some people do have to weed yeah. the dog before they get the baby, like that. So that extreme case I just mentioned. There's other cases, but it's not just by virtue of any breed. I don't know what it is. What what would you say is the main reason people do need to get rid of their dogs? Dogs afraid of kids. Dogs afraid, that dog is sensitive, reactive to being touched, um, not uh, jealous and uh, bite you know bitey and possessive and um, or, or geriatric and is not going to be able to handle falling on it because it's got arthritic hips and might you know get snappy, reactive and bite things like that or any other kind of intense aggression, you know, some real serious shooting where, if, you know, let's say they get a baby toy in their mouth um, and then the kid wants to try to grab it, you know, things like that. I mean, there's, there's exercises one can do with object guarding, but those are, there, those are huge red flags. Those, to me, those kinds of things are huge red flags where I then often talk to people and say, hey, you know, is it better, especially if you've got I don't want to say the woman's four months pregnant, there's five months of delivery, there's another eight months before the baby starts crawling. It means they have a ton of time to find another more appropriate home for the dog. I mean, it's heartbreaking, but, uh, you know, in situations like that, I encourage people to at least consider it because, um, because it's a lot less heartbreaking now than if something does happen down the road and suddenly you're faced with the fact that yesterday my dog bit my kid, now I don't know what to do. Then you don't have a ton of time to, you know... Uh, do something. Yeah. So, situations yeah. like that. Older dogs, dogs that are snappy, reactive, a little bit too old to be, you know, comfortably desensitized. And also, you know, when you take into account that the baby's energy level is going to be on an upward swing, while an aging dog's energy level is on the downward swing, you know, you take a seven year old dog and then you fast forward up to a three year old toddler and a 10 year old dog. That's when I see it's like this dog ought to be live its older years in a place where it doesn't have to be tormented by a child, and uh, <laughs> yeah. and and you know and where the parent the family doesn't have to worry something awful is going to happen. Yeah. You know? And I've had yeah quite a number of cases like that. It's always heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, obviously, also sometimes must depend a little on the kid. But like you know, I've we have we have some f- friends and like. They have a little boy, and and he he's just wild. And I know you know that's often more the case with little boys. It's just like the energy that those kids have, like two years up, it's just out of control. And that's like healthy. They need to express that energy. But what right. you know, the dog just naturally becomes a target, a punching bag. You know, like 
But, you know, some of these kids are like cruise missiles. You know, they they are like attracted <laughs> to danger and they're attracted to mayhem. And, you know, again, I'm not saying that in a negative sense. I think that like that's healthy for a little kid. But I think you need to you need to consider the context and remove any any potential like situations like that where it will explode. Yeah. So that's just, you know, you're exactly right. So two, three year old kids, they're not being bad kids, they're just kids. That's what that's what toddlers do. They're out of control. Yeah. And wild. So then you take like you know, put that into the scenario I just described. You've got an aging dog with some arthritis. The dog's his energy level and tolerance level is going down as the kid is moving up into that phase. So that's when I yeah. tell people is like, look, you gotta not think of yourself and your emotions right now. You have to think of the fact that this dog is gonna live in a household where it's gonna be you know, I have to live in a certain amount of fear from the kid. You're going to have to run, run this divided camp. And, and you know, and you just don't know when something's going to happen. Like, do yeah. you know, I tell people that the one, the one who's going to pay the emotional price here is you. But you have to suck it up. Your dog will adjust just beautifully to a new home. You know, and if you want to have a dog that's, you know, kid approach, you know, maybe get a younger dog when the kid's a little older, whatever. But don't torment your dog in its last years by having to manage it with a crazy kid, right? Um, yeah, and then and then still have a potential that something bad could happen, and still end up being faced to have having to rehome the dog. But now you just don't have any time to do it. It's got to happen pretty quickly because you know yeah. the dog the dog bit your kid. Yeah. So Jeez, man. you know, yeah, these are some of the awful. You know, and so every time I do one of these consultations, where it's just obvious that it's not going to work, it's just it just reaffirms for me how, why it's so important to put this kind of information out there because well, you know a lot of it's preventable some of it is um, yeah but it's important for people to start thinking about this stuff as early as possible totally well good so I think that that kind of brings us to a natural conclusion Mike do you have any final points you want to make before we wrap no not really I mean I think we got we, we hit it um, don't, yeah don't, don't, don't throw out your bully breed but you know, take all the precautions and then some. And in terms of those precautions, everybody, Mike goes into them in detail and in both his book and in his course, the Good Dog Happy Baby course and the Good Dog Happy Baby book. So I encourage you to check both of those out and you can do that over at Mike's website at gooddoghappybaby.com. Check out his book in terms of uh, just prepping your dog for the arrival of your child. He goes into incredible detail for how you can do that, how you can prepare your dog, and really emphasizes the point that Mike underscored already, that the sooner you do this, the better. That's that's the number one thing you can do is start now. And, and same with his course. So Mike's got a video course. It's in two modules. And it deals with a lot of the issues that we talk about on this podcast. So please go go check that out over at gooddoghappybaby.com. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and a review. That's probably the best thing for helping new parents discover this show. Ratings and reviews on iTunes are magic. So if, if you're getting anything out of the show, that would be, uh, be awesome for us. So And, and again, it's, a, it's the best way to help get the show in front of other people. So Mike, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's a great show. Well, thanks again, Morgan, for always taking the time to do this nice little interview. But... My pleasure. And everyone, just, just so you know, Mike and I kind of do this on the fly. We, If you haven't listened before, 
Mike and I are always kind of in touch during the week, and then he's between do- dog training gigs, he's driving all over the San Francisco Bay Area, and we came up with this model. It was like, hey, let's just do these interviews while you're rolling, and from appointment to appointment, because Mike usually has half an hour to an hour while, when he's uh, commuting. And so, yeah, Mike, where are you right now? I just crossed the Bay Bridge heading into Oakland for some appointments around Lake Merritt. Nice. All right. So, thanks, Morgan. Again, yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody, and we'll, we'll talk to you next time.